The new issue of Live Happy magazine is on newsstands now, and Live Happy CEO and editorial director Deborah Heiss is in the studio to talk about the many wonders within on this episode of Live Happy Now. The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. To think about positive psychology, it's a science, and it's actually younger than the Internet, believe it or not. The reality is that social connection is, in the research, the greatest predictor we have of long-term happiness. You have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so it all comes down to understanding ourselves. There's a way for all of us to succeed, but, but it might take different things. We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place. This is Live Happy Now. Deborah, first of all, I, this is the first time I've seen you in like six months. We used to hang out every week. I know, I know. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year, <laughs> Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, Labor Day. Oh, uh, I've seen you since then. Secretary's Day. What? Well, no, have you? Yeah. Have we? Well, no. No, actually, I think that uh, our engineer's been recording me as opposed to you. You're yeah, right. You're I, right. We've been in yeah, separate rooms. Yeah, the That's last right. one we were together on, I was like on the way to Canada. So it was That's my right. fault last time. That's right. Uh, excited to have you here because we have a new issue coming out. Uh, it's got uh, Ming-Na Wen on the cover. And if you don't know her name, you may know her as Agent May. Uh, from Marvel's Agents of Shield, this is like a Marvel heavy, uh, <laughs> Marvel TV heavy uh, copy of the magazine we have here. But she looks fantastic on there. She looks like she's about ready to uh, take you out on there. Uh, she's a very uh, talented martial artist, at least when it comes to television. And she's got all kinds of uh, all kinds of things that we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later on. But this is an exciting issue uh, to talk about, the February 2017 issue. It's one of my favorite issues we've ever done. Um, the design is unique. It's very different than what we've done in the past. It's, it's really cool. Um, not that our other stuff isn't cool, but it's really cool. It's got a great look and feel to it. And it's got a lot of really good, like, content that you can apply today it's not you know it yeah we got some great profiles we have some good stuff but it's just a, it's a fun issue everything about it just screams hey this is fun it looks like it's got the, the sort of the, almost the pointillism sort of uh, comic book coloration on the front i just noticed that yeah. which is really which fits because we're talking about a, a couple of uh, people from uh, marvel tv we'll get to them in a minute but one of the things that i know you're really excited about and it's right there on the cover design your dream life and it's talking about a process called design thinking and it can really change frankly your entire life if if you if you subscribe to this ideal you know i read that article on a plane you know since i'm never here i read no. that article on an airplane <laughs> and it's you know it's one of the first articles in a long time that i read and i wanted to share it with people right away i was traveling with other couple, couple other people for, for business and i shared it with them on the plane i'm excited about this article because it really is a way to think about problem solving. It's a way to think about goal setting. It's a way to really change the way you approach your life, approach what you want in life. And it's a really cool article. It's got some great examples. And I think that when you read it, you can. there's a million ways to apply design thinking. And it's not linear and it's creative and it's fun, but ultimately it's about getting where what you want out of your life, whatever aspect, whether it's work, at home, um, whatever you're really focused on. What are some ways, without getting too much, because we want people to buy the magazine, what, what, what are some, some ways that as you read it that you thought, oh, I can apply this to what I'm doing? 
you know, a lot of the attention is really paid on framing the question because it's not sometimes we're struggling with something because we don't know what it is we're trying to solve. So there's as much emphasis placed in this process on figuring out what is the root, what is I'm really after. So there's a lot of effort, um, not a lot of explanation, really looking at not what are possible solutions, but making sure you have the right question mm. first. What David Cooperwriter is doing on appreciative inquiry, you know, where you're really asking question after question and refining the question until you get the right question, because then it's easier to find the answer. Sure. So incorporating this into everyday life and, every, and how you approach problems is critical to finding success. And I'd, I'd spoken to David about appreciative inquiry um, many times, but to really have it drilled down in a way of, oh, that's not just how I can apply it to a business setting or to a large organizational setting, but how I can apply similar strategies in my own life. And I found that really, um, really insightful in the article. There's so much in this uh, edition of the magazine, too, on goal setting. I mean, we're in that time of year where people are, are you know, setting their goals for the year. And whether it be, I'm going to eat healthier, I'm going to do this and this, I'm going to do better in business, whatever. It, it's, it's, it's something that we're all, we're all talking about. Sean and uh, Acor and Michelle uh, Galen have an article providing two different techniques for setting goals and, and both result in, in happiness. Yeah, it's really unique how they took this approach to goal setting because, you know, they lead off the uh, the column by talking about how really um, so many people fail at their goals and they wanted to find out what would really succeed. So Sean took a 90-day, you know, really scientific, structured method towards setting goals. Mm -hmm. And Michelle took um, a completely, she calls it the summer of no goals. She spent 90 days with no goals. And then they compared it at the end to see which method worked better. And I'm going to have to have you guys read the column to find out. But let me tell you, <laughs> they both lead to happiness. So perhaps the title gives it away a little bit. <laughs> well, it, it's important to have different strategies for getting to the same place, though, because, I mean, it, our, our end goal is happiness, but not everything works the same for everybody. It's it's a process that you've kind of got to do a lot of trial and error on, which we've discovered over you know the years the magazine has been in place, but certainly since I've been around in the last two years of, of doing this podcast. So, and it's good to have experts uh, like Sean and Michelle finding these these different methods. Well, it really is a you know deviating from the one size fits all happiness, right? Right. It, there is no one size fits all. It's part of you know creating the life you want means it has to fit who you are as a person. Sure. And you can be just as successful with one method as somebody can with another. But generally speaking, it's the method that works for you is the one you should probably follow, not the one that works for somebody else. Sure, exactly. You've got to kind of do that personal inventory to figure out what route you need to go. Speaking of goals, you set a goal about a year ago that you were going to be uh, a little more in shape, you know, a runner, uh, exercising, doing all that kind of stuff. And you set a goal did you just finish a marathon? No. In, in this time, what did you do? Like, did you, did you climb Kilimanjaro or something? I never know where you are. <laughs> Almost a year ago, I ran my first half marathon. So, actually, about a year and three days ago, I'm not counting. <laughs> You're still <laughs> in the, the recovery from phase? the time I might be. I might be 369 days ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually ran four half marathons this year. Wow. And, you know, running has become a regular part of my life, so much so that the carpools now inter inter you know, interfering with my running. So I have to figure that one out. Yeah. But, um, you Just know, carry the kids on your back and it's cross training now. Yeah. They're getting a little big for that. And you but... can become one of the cross train people. <laughs> but no, I, you know, I set a goal to integrate uh, fitness into my life. And, you know, there's a great fitness article in this particular magazine about mm -hmm. movement and how important it is. And I know we all have fitness goals at the beginning of the year. I had to choose what worked for me. 
because I travel a lot, because I'm never in one place a lot, mm-hmm. I can always pack tennis shoes, shorts, sure, and whatever else I need to run as part of my regular clothes. Whereas I might not make it to a gym, there's always a treadmill or an outdoor sidewalk somewhere that I can run. It happened to be what worked for me. I still don't like running. Sorry, all of you runners sure. out there. No, it's... It's, it's, I don't like it. I, I don't know what a runner's high is. Somebody let me know if I ever get one. I, have, <laughs> I haven't gotten one. I think a lot of people are like you, though, <laughs> that this is just... Uh, maybe it was the goal of completing these half marathons, but like for me... Just going and exercising, just going and running, I can't motivate myself to do it. But when I played football, I could show up to the weight room. When I played baseball, I could run all those laps. Was it something about having that goal of of competing that made you push yourself to do it? Well, I wouldn't call it competing because if you saw me run, you'd know well, there's but, no comp. But, it, no, it really – that's why I did four. You know, I'd finish one and I'd have set a new goal about three months later. Right. Because if I don't have something to work for, for me, who I am, it's too easy to skip it. Right. So right now, on February 4th, I have another run coming up. It's not go. a half marathon. It's only nine miles. But we'll give myself a little bit of slack for that. Sure. But, <laughs> but there is there is an element for me of having an achievement attached to my goal setting. And that doesn't isn't for everybody. Some people can just say, hey, I want to get in shape. I want to run. Some people love running so much that we have to figure out what's wrong with those people. But sure, right. there, there's, definitely <laughs> an opportunity. Yeah. there's definitely an opportunity for me. So, yeah, there's a lot to do with, uh, you know, achievement in my life. And we've been joking about you're gone all the time. You're not just gone because, you know, you're sloughing off to, to Cabo for whatever reason. You've taken on a lot more responsibilities uh, within within this company. And, and so have you found that it's helped to center you a little bit? Has it helped to change your mind, your outlook? Because I can imagine that maybe one of the few times as a mother, as, uh, you know, managing all these different things within this company – Maybe is running like the only time you get to yourself? I mean, well, they're in the shower. I'm usually okay in the yeah. shower. <laughs> um, sometimes I like being on the airplane because it's the one time my phone doesn't ring. I have to right. confess. Sometimes it's nice to be on the airplane. But no, um, I think that running is something that fits my life because I am so busy. But I also, I, I want to speak a little bit to the, uh, you know, I have taken on a lot larger responsibility. And, and, and those of you who, who know me and many of our listeners do know me um, know what that is. But it's, it's centering. It, yeah. You know, the the one thing that having too much to do will do for you is ruthless prioritization. Yeah. Everyone only has 24 hours a day. Sure. So physical fitness, my children, my family are high priorities. So it's ruthless prioritization. There is stuff that is in my inbox that I will never, ever, 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 ever get to. And if one of you out there sent it to me, I'm really sorry. So but, that's why. That's why I don't ever respond to emails, lunch, JR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's something about ruthless prioritization that I think we all need to have because my schedule's busy. I wish I prioritized this well when it wasn't. Right. And then you'd be in that practice. It's all about. It's that's one of the things we talk about all the time on this podcast. And, and I promise we'll get back to the issue in a minute. But I think <laughs> this is clear. It's 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 a practice everything we talk about your prioritization your you know getting into uh the the habit of gratitude the habit of being more mindful meditating all those sorts of things you really do have to force yourself to to do them until they become a proper habit and part of that's discovering why you want to do them right i mean why do you want to um, for me, I'm a little bit older. I'm, you know, I'm 50. I think I oh, mentioned in the podcast. Yeah, I'm a little bit older than I used to be, aren't we all? <laughs> I'm older than I was when we started this. <laughs> a little obvious, but my yeah. children are my children are young. My youngest is still is four, 
Um, she'll be five next next month. I want to be in shape and physically active for them. Sure. So my why is very centered. Sure. And having a why makes it a lot easier to build a habit. It's one thing to say I want to meditate because I hear it's good for you. It's another thing to say, hey, you know what? I've got some stress in my life. Um, somebody suggested meditation as a practice to reduce my stress. I think it's really important that I'll be less angry or that I be less um, upset or that I, 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 you know, my blood pressure's up. And meditation helps all those things. Sure. So if one of those is your why, it's easy to get into. If, it, if you don't have a why, it's very hard to start a, pra- a habit and keep it going. One thing that we talk a lot about, too, because we've had some very youth-centric uh, episodes of this mm-hmm. podcast, and we, we've talked a lot about it here, and just sort of this idea of getting into the habit. It's easier to get into a habit. It's easier to do anything if you start it young. And one of the articles in this, uh, uh, as well, is talking about how to raise achievers and knowing you, knowing your kids. I don't know them <laughs> too well, but I do know uh, your son is, uh, he likes hockey. He likes to play yeah. sports. Is that something you're trying to instill in him is is here's some some positive ways to to set your goals when it comes to that? Yeah, I think it's really important for me to make sure that my children love what they're doing or they know their why. I mean, like you mentioned, my son loves hockey. I mean, he when he's not playing hockey or watching hockey, he's playing hockey on the Xbox. Yeah. I mean, he loves hockey. He probably knows more player names at this point than I do, and he's and should, nine. And I should point out that we live in the South. Yes, <laughs> like we're we, not, like we don't have, like, frozen ponds this kid's running out to. He's consuming this all because he loves it. He loves it, and he plays hockey. So... When he gets upset when, you know, so when they play and they don't win every game, we have a discussion about, you know, what went right, what went wrong, and really take the focus off winning. Because the habit of practice and getting better at what you're doing has nothing to do with the outcome of the game. Sure. And at that age, you have to teach him that. You know, by contrast, my daughter, I have a daughter who plays hockey and she likes it, or she's starting to play hockey. She likes it, but she doesn't love it. I mean, right. that's, that's just not her thing. She loves art. So she sure. also takes art lessons. Very cool. You know, you just have to you have to kind of go with your kids, but teaching them that failure's okay, that progress is okay. I think one of the most one of the most difficult conversations I ever had with my son was I asked him if he wanted a private skating coach. And he's like, No, I can skate. I'm like, No, no. Do you want a private skating coach to get better? He goes, I'm already better than everybody else's age, and at the time he was. And I'm like, But eight year olds don't skate as good as twenty year olds. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You might need to learn a little bit. Well, it depends on the twenty year old, because he can probably skate better than this thirty year old. Uh, Uh, Yeah, and he can definitely skate better than me. There (laughs) reached a point where I'm like, all right. And I think it was like six months in. I'm like, all right, you're done. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't help you. Getting him to understand that continual practice, continual evolution, continually getting better is not going to happen just because you have talent. Because he is talented. You have to have. Um, actual dedication to learning a craft. And, sure. and, and that's part of, you know, raising... It's, it's, in, it's in the article a little bit about how you get your children to practice and rewarding practice, rewarding effort, reward, if maybe it's homework. The fact that they did their homework might be more important than if they got everything right. And, and it's applicable, that, that mindset, if you can get those your kids and, and whoever's kids into that habit, it ends up becoming something that, that, that can be huge later in life. I remember this story uh, of uh, Nebraska football coach Tom Osborne. He coached for years. I mean, he started mm-hmm. in 1973. They won their first championship under him in 1994. And he tells his story of, so we beat Miami. We win the national championship. And I get back to the hotel, and my wife can't figure out why I'm not just overjoyed. Because the process is over. Like, yeah. yeah, we won. That's great. But it 
I enjoy the journey more. I enjoy what we're learning. What can we improve? What do we need to do the next time? And maybe that's part of why the next year they were even better. But to to learn to enjoy the process, I think, is, is, is very important as well. Sean Aker has a really good definition for happiness. I'm not sure it's his. He's the one who shared it with me first. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to credit him, but it may not be his. And it's happiness is the joy you feel along your journey towards your potential. Yeah. And I like, agree with I, that's that paraphrased too. a little bit. It's you, happiness is joy you you feel along the journey for your potential, not hitting your goal. Yeah. Hitting your goal, you're not like it's, it, it, it's so fleeting, though, right? Because right. like the the process, and we talk you talk about football. It's in college. It's twelve weeks of building up to this and building up to this, and then Clemson just won a national championship. That's great. Ooh. But we're three days out, and that celebration's over. Well, unless you're a Clemson Tiger. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I mean, you know what I like the the initial moment. Yeah. It, it's 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 gone. They'll it have is. their parade, but then spring practice starts again, and that that whole thing comes back. And around. and some will graduate, and some will return, and it's it's it. Yeah, you know, and if it's NFL, some are going to retire after the Super Bowl, and some are going to come back for next year. And yeah, you got you know thirty two teams in the NFL. One wins the national. One wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, thirty thirty one are are going to be sitting there going, okay, well, let's start this process again. Let's get going. You can't hinge your entire happiness and what you're doing based on whether or not you win it all. Yeah, because exactly. so few will ever actually achieve that. And we're talking about professional sports, but that's kind of all along the way. Oh, well, even know? in even in like high school sports, we were a te- you know I played baseball. We were not very good. But we all still, when we get together, we talk about, you know, that time that, that Ryan, you know, ran handlong into the fence to make that catch in a game we lost 10-2. to 2. Yeah, but, but it was the process of being together and, and working towards it, even if we didn't get to the top of that. Well, and it applies to business as well. I mean, everybody can achieve, everybody can achieve a measure of success, but every company I've checked only has one CEO. Sure. You know, and it, you know if that's your measure of success, you've got to be CEO. Well... That's a pretty tough long road. It's not. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a hey overnight. But there's a lot of people who can ach- achieve and be very successful being an excellent uh, accountant, being sure. a controller, being you know. There's just. But you have to find the joy in the journey because if you don't find the joy in the journey, you're not going to be happy when you get there, and you're going to have missed a whole lot of stuff along the way. There's uh, so much more in this magazine I want to make sure we get to really quickly. I think that was a fantastic discussion, by the way. We just uh, like to talk sometimes, guys. Sorry. Yeah, there's a great we, new issue out. Yeah. You should download it or buy it. But, it's, you know, we just like to talk for a bit. We've got uh, – we mentioned earlier that there's uh, a sort of a Marvel theme. Uh, Theo Rossi is in this issue. He's not on the cover, but he's in this issue. Uh, he is uh, – he plays Shades in the Netflix series Luke Cage, which is a Marvel thing. And he plays kind of a dark character. And I didn't know he was in this issue. And we're watching this. And, and, and my wife's like, oh, yeah, uh, he, I, I, th- I think he's going to be in the magazine, in that Live Happy magazine. <laughs> really? And But he kind of talks about how he uses that. And, and giving back is, is something that's important to him. Yeah, for, for him, it's the charitable activities, the giving back. What's funny is he was also on another show called Sons of Anarchy. And he plays a really messed up character on that particular show. Everybody on that show. Okay, yeah. He was particularly messed up. For those of you who don't know or who have watched Sons of Anarchy and don't know who Theo Rossi is, he he plays Juice um, on on Sons of Anarchy. So, dark characters. He has a penchant for playing really dark characters on television. But his, his, his ethos, who he is as a person, is a really light, giving, caring person and it really came through in the interview in the article. And, uh, you know, we have to sometimes remind ourselves that they are just actors. 
Right. <laughs> they aren't really those people they play up there. Yeah, there, I, there was someone I was just listening to another podcast today that was talking about Larry Hagman. And it was just the nicest guy I ever met. And I'm like, yeah, but that's... But he's J.R. It's J.R. Ewing. Yeah, Christopher Walken, same thing. He plays all these creepy characters. Yeah, and and, and by all accounts, he's the nicest human being on the planet and really started his career as a song and dance guy in musicals. Yes, he's a fantastic <laughs> dancer. I don't think many people know that no, about him. They don't. They don't. He's not in the magazine, but we're working on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody does a walking impression. I'm not going to do my terrible one. Please uh, don't. <laughs> uh, but uh, speaking of, of people that have to juggle a lot, and Ming Na Wen is on the cover and just looks absolutely stunning. Uh, but she is someone who really. Uh, Within the article, she's talking about all the ways that she maintains her positivity. She's busy all the time. She's like all of us, but she's maintaining it in the public spotlight. You know, she's a she's a fantastic cover for us because, first of all, um, she's over 50. She looks fabulous. She's really empowered. She really knows who she is and who she isn't, if right. that makes sense. It, no, no, it definitely and, makes and, sense. And, and she comes across as someone who's happy in her life. And she does talk about positivity and how she stays positive in the public eye and how she really kind of dismisses things that aren't relevant to her. And it's, sure. And it's a cool article. Um, you know, I I like it because, uh, you know, someone who speaks, you know, kind of my age group, someone who's like, OK, there, you can be you can have it all. I mean, she has a family. She's not. Yeah. You know, she's, she's not just going to work. And, and, and yeah, she's not just going and fighting the monster of the week yeah. and, and, and she gets ready for the next one. Or, or playing three characters because, you know, one's a robot. and one, yeah, 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 she's yeah. a life model decoy <laughs> yeah. in this episode. Okay. Yeah, um, exactly. But I think that's important, too. You know, these these actors, uh, Theo Rossi and uh, Ming-Na Wen, he, he plays these dark characters. She plays a character that if you and I'm a nerd about these Marvel. You are. Cinematic geek. It's OK. Universe, it's OK. <laughs> her character's been through quite a bit on that show. To I, I would almost imagine that there's no way that that can't kind of because you have to get in that mindset that it couldn't at times, if you're not careful, creep into your real life. Right. Like Agent May is dealing with this stuff. Yeah. She's got to be in that mindset. So I think it's very cool that she kind of keeps that's work. She's able to, to compartmentalize that these are the emotions I need to pretend to feel now, but I'm going to maintain this positive outlook when I'm just being Ming-Na Wen instead of Agent yeah. May. So it, I mean, it's a great story. And, and really, she has a lot of advice for people in everyday life. I, I want to talk a little bit about why we put celebrities in the magazine, because I get asked this sometimes. Well, you know, there's a lot of good stories. There's not a lot of, you know, there's a lot of negativity about celebrities. And my answer is, they're great examples. I mean, the people we choose to put in our magazine are generally great examples. Yeah. And Plus, she looks way better than me. You don't want like this. You don't want me on the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I relate. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. But there's a but there's a real. Uh, you know, there's we we choose the celebrities we put in the magazine very carefully and make sure that they are embodying what we consider positive traits and they have a message to share. So sure. just because it's a celebrity, yeah, it does help sell a magazine that we have a celebrity on the cover. Uh, somebody you recognize, somebody somebody who hasn't picked up our magazine before recognizes to introduce them to it. But the reality is, we can learn a lot from these people, and she's one of my favorite celebrity articles we've done because she is so positive. She is really, I think, without even knowing it, embodying a lot of the things that we that you know that we cover that the scientists sure. we talk to teach, and she's putting it into practice without even really knowing about what we're talking about in the magazine. So it's it's a great example. Of someone who you know is busy and you know is, is, is doing everything they can to get through life and, and just keeping a positive, positive uh, affect about it. 
It's it's a it's a fantastic uh, edition of the magazine. Of course, it's going to be it's newsstands everywhere carrying this thing. Uh, we've seen it in just about I think every airport we've been in in the last year has been uh, carrying it, and we've been all over. Uh, you've been all over. I'm sure you're seeing it everywhere <laughs> as well. But it truly is everywhere because we've got the digital edition as well. Uh, in the past year, it's come to your phone, uh, so yeah. it's not like you have to you know have it on your laptop or your or your uh, tablet. You can carry it on your phone. It is available in uh, iTunes, the Apple App Store, uh, and Google Play. And uh, we're very excited about this issue. Really encourage you to check it out. And we encourage you as well to listen to what Deb has to say. <laughs> I don't want to step on you in case no, you guys no, have no, I, put, I put my finger up because I want to talk about our digital edition briefly. It, yes. has, it has come to the phone, but I also want to make sure everybody knows that for the second year in a row, we have won Best Digital Edition at Folio, which is one of the major magazine companies. So, wow. Um, you know, and that's not small magazines. That's all magazines. Uh, sure. You know, we're, we're major major publishers you know from from meredith to uh to time life to i mean everybody puts in their magazines and um two years in a row we've we've won best digital edition so if you're not reading us physical copy read us on digital it's a it's a tremendous experience it's enhanced with a lot of uh animation and a lot of cool effects and sometimes we put extra content in there videos audios um you should check it out it's 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 a cool reading experience very excited about that. And uh, while you're doing that, while you're online looking through all these different things, you can go to livehappy.com. There's cool stuff there. Livehappynow.com. We've got all our podcast uh, information right there. But we've also got our uh, social media sites, which uh, I don't know if you know this. Maybe you listen to the episode. We're getting all kinds of feedback, and we're excited about this. We got an email from a BBC presenter awesome. recently. Uh, we're getting tweets from people that are, you know, I really appreciated what you talked about there. We definitely want to hear those things, whether it be about this podcast. I especially like those because that's my area. Uh, <laughs> but you can find us on Twitter at LiveHappy, Facebook.com slash LiveHappy. And especially if you want to talk podcast, podcast at LiveHappy. Uh, I get to see those. So <laughs> that's that's really fun. And we do this for you. So if there's yeah, some, yeah, something absolutely. you like, tell us so we do more of that. And yeah, if especially if there's someone that that you know we love telling the happiness journeys type stories, especially on on this show every so often. So if you've taken something that you've learned from here or from elsewhere and it's really affected you, we want to hear that story. Yeah, this is all about um, you know sharing happiness and spreading happiness around the world. You know, it sounds like a, a trite goal, but it's <laughs> it's it's kind of a, a an important one. You know, really getting people to understand that they are in charge of their own happiness. And JR's laughing at me. It's because I pictured you in a tiara and a dress and a sash. I want to spread peace around the world. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't but think But I so. want to spread happiness around the world. Yes. And, and really what I want to do is get people to understand they're responsible for their own happiness, their own journey in life. It's not something somebody else can give you or something somebody else can do. You have to take the actions to, to, to you know, build your own journey and determine where you want to go. And the more people understand that they can do that, and be happy and end up where they want to be, uh, the better off the world's going to be. Absolutely. And we're thrilled to, to help provide some of those resources. Live Happy Magazine, February 2017 edition, available on newsstands and the digital edition, which is apparently uh, much better than every other digital edition. So just just keep getting ours as opposed to everyone else's. Right? That's That was <laughs> that's basically that's the point. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, the yeah. point. Uh, <laughs> Oh, we have fun here. We do. Every six months when we see each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so we'll see you again in July. Have a, have a great time. 
Uh, thanks, thanks so much for joining us, Deb. We'll look forward to talking to you whenever that might be. Always a joy. And again, if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at LiveHappy, Facebook.com slash LiveHappy, podcast at LiveHappy.com, all available for you. For Deborah Heiss, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long, and thank you for helping us to live happy. <laughs>